You wear a mask for so long, you forget who you were beneath it. Alan Moore, V for Vendetta. Bending Not Breaking, Season 6, Episode 5, The Metal Clan. episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. And I'm Ben. And we are back for episode five, The Metal Clan, season six of our podcast, season three of The Legend of Korra. It's a great day to do a podcast. A little Travis Tritt right there for you. Oh, you Travis Tritt right there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, your southern draw isn't typically that, uh, that deep. What do you mean, deep? Okay. Uh, please don't do this the entire episode. I don't know. It could be fun. I don't think so. I think I hate it already. And so an hour of it would be a whole lot. Who but, says it has to be an hour? We um, can go for an hour and a half. We can go for stop. two hours. Please stop. Sweet Lord, please stop. All right. The Metal Clan. The Metal Clan. Oh, my goodness. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> We've got people want to hear about the episode. The Metal Clan. Yeah. I'm here for it. Let's talk about Zalfu. <laughs> Suyin. Y'all, this is going to be my last episode of <laughs> Betting Not Breaking Podcast. No, I'm here for a little while. All right. We are looking at the Metal Clan. Great episode. One of my favorite fight scenes takes place in this episode. Really good fight scene in um, this episode, for sure. It's very short and sweet, but it's a, it's a fun one. I love it. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that. But we are looking, we're kind of revisiting... The concept of honesty this yeah, time. Yeah, we talked about that way back in Atlas sometime. Yeah, and so uh, honesty is going to be our lens for this episode. Honesty. Um, and so what does, that, what does that mean to you? What is honesty to you, Ben? Honesty. Because according to the Webster, it's the state of being honest. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. that's helpful. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we always love those definitions. Honesty. The the definition of honesty that I think about is uh, the telling the truth. Sure. Um, and I but think, truth is relative, right? Well, that depends right. on what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I think honesty is, yeah, telling telling the truth the way that you see it. The problem is there's you can tell. A truth lies to you honestly yeah right right but you that's can. it's the the perception that you are truth telling and sharing truth and being truthful um i think that's what honesty is it's the the value of of truth right so we're gonna see in this episode some deception we sure will we will likely see maybe some self-deception in that same vein of we think yeah. we are mm-hmm. living or are are acting off of feelings that we believe are true and the feelings are true right and i think that's also like maybe the history isn't true like uh, lies of omission are a form of dishonesty it's not that you didn't tell the truth it's that you knew the truth and you chose not to share it right right so that's a form of like dishonesty i would argue Mm -hmm. um yeah there's there's a lot to kind of unpack here 
Yeah, so, or, you know, moments of, and you were kind of alluding to this earlier, right? This, I didn't, I told the truth, uh, except I was missing these other 80% of information pieces that are filling in. And so my truth is not necessarily actually a truthful picture mm-hmm. of what is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it might be very true to you in that moment but you're missing the perspectives of others well i think also that's like that's a key element of gaslighting is i'm going to share this truth with you but i'm going to spin it in a way that makes you question your truth right i'm going to share something that is like you can't argue with the fact you're right i do take the kids i do go get groceries i do all of these things that you asked me to do what more do you want but what you're not doing is all these things that I can't or name how or it's how things. you're doing right. it. It's like, there's, there's a lot more that needs to be unpacked and it requires language. And oftentimes we don't have language to, and yes. that's why we get, we get boxed into those, those holes because we're like, I don't have the language to tell you why I'm freaking out right now. It makes me think of, um, Paul Rudd and what hot American summer, uh, <laughs> when they say, I need you to, I need you to pick up and clean your plate. And he just is like, uh, uh. and like throwing the <laughs> dishes like down into the right so like yes he's putting them in the correct spots and that's not necessarily how we want to engage in that activity right and so um as that plays into honesty and how we are honest in the way we show up we'll talk a little bit more about that yeah i think we will we well that's the whole point of this show right is to dive yeah. into honesty and how we maneuver our lives with that in mind yeah right? I, I agree but before we talk about this episode yeah i have a responsibility you do to to share the recap for the episode and i'm going to be real honest with everybody about what happens are you ready i was born ready on your mark get set go Team Avatar shows up in Zalfu, and despite Lin's protest, and then Ai Wei is like greets them, and Suyin chastises them for secret keeping, and then the Beifongs argue, and then Opal's an Airbender, and then Wei and Win play a metal game that's a lot like Airball from Atla in like episode like two or three, and then Juan has a banana sculpture, and then big fancy meal by Pirate Chef, and Opal likes Bo Lin, and he likes her, but you know kind of doesn't realize it, and then Varric shows up, and then Lin throws a hissy feet. Zahir talks about Guru Lahima, duh, and then Kaya busts a cap, and Zahir tries but fails, three, and then Korra brings two, Opal to an intervention one, with Lin, and Lin zero. says nope. Yeah, we're pretty much there. That was I was pretty close. I had one more thing I wanted to share. But oh yeah? Yeah, but we're gonna talk about it, so it'll be fine. Let's talk about it. Moments of honesty in this episode. Honesty. Yes. Is that Elton John? Is that what song that's what I'm I can't I I can't name any more than that lyric. That's all I got. Um I think it's I think it's an Elton John song. Anyway. Or is it I, Barry Manilow? I don't listen to barry manilow so i don't think it's barry manilow. do you listen to elton john often yeah i love elton john elton sure john but you're not a big like you elton, listen to music sometimes elton john love songs album is a 10 out of 10 perfect album you it's a lot of audiobooks for you it's yeah. a lot of classical for you uh-huh. um, i'll hear some james taylor every now and then when you're cooking I usually go to Mr. Wives or, or something along uh, those lines. Rubble Bucket. But again, or... so like not a lot of Elton. I know you like Elton John, but I have I don't know how Elton John's you... entire piano songbook. Great. How often do you listen to that? I don't listen to a lot of things. Great. Often, but I did. It doesn't mean I, just because I don't now doesn't mean I spent years investing in Elton. Oh, my goodness. All right. Honesty in... Yeah, show. let's start chronologically and just go straight to Iway. 
He is a truth truth seer. That's fun. Yeah. He's not wrong, right? Your blood does those things and your, uh, your heart does those things. Yeah, the the fact I don't maybe in this universe that is that can be more precise. Maybe. But in that is not necessarily precise. <laughs> Uh, not necessarily uh in our world i i think that that there are ways to one bypass that as we see azula do right and um with with toff but maybe iway is a little bit more of a honed skill we don't we don't know all the things but that as a rule and as a skill and as someone that is in zalfu claiming that there are no secrets in zalfu how do you feel about that? I'm curious. How would you like living in Zalfu with no secrets? But there are secrets. <laughs> yeah. We don't know that yet. Yeah, but, but like there are secrets. But whose secrets? They're highway secrets. Right. Right. He's, <laughs> if you're the only person that gets to dictate. Right. Well, he didn't come forth share. and say that he was a true seer, right? So he didn't with uh so before we even get to Iway, we have this dishonesty through omission. That you were referring to earlier this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When Lynn refuses to say why she doesn't want to be there and why she doesn't want people to know she's there. Yeah. If you are asking me to lie for you, I'm going to need some reasons. Better be compelling. Right. Because well, I don't want to be dishonest. Well, and so if you're saying, don't tell anyone I'm here, great. If you are asking me to do this, which is can sometimes be outside of my value system, right? This thing can be outside of my value system. I'm going to need to know why. And there needs to be a little trust there. If you are going to ask me to do this thing for you. Counter to that. If I, part of me, like I agree with you. Part of me really wants a relationship that like, Hey, I'm, I'm not, going to share all this with you but that's a different that's different than what lynn but like you see my point though i i need i I don't need i think i would like to have a relationship in which i can be like i'm not going to share something and i need you to like give me the benefit of the doubt here and i think that is different than what lynn does right there's a difference between hey that's it's a really personal thing for me yeah i'm going to ask i'm not going to in a space to be able to share with you that but please don't let people know I'm here. It's very different than, it's none of your business, don't ask me, right? Like that is very, that's a very different thing. And, and that relationship is different because one is one of those is built on trust and vulnerability and one of those reactions is not, right? And so. So why does Cora not throw Lynn under the bus then? Why does, like, is it a, a respect thing? Is it a maybe fear thing? Is it a I care about Lynn? We spent all of season one like is it an authoritative thing? Yeah, like, I don't know. I it because to me, so there might be trust on Cora's end, but there might not be trust on Lynn. It seems like a very generous move for Cora to just go with it. Um, but then she very quickly, when she realizes she's been caught, like, but there's she has no skin in the game. She's like, oh well, I I I got caught. I tried. You know, like, but it's different to say we've got another person on our team who is staying on, yeah, the airship versus giving all the details away in that moment. And to be fair, had she not, she said we we have someone else that didn't want to come into Zalfu, and then that they might not ever have known that it was Lynn, right? right? Um, but so it goes. But so so now we're in a compromising place where Iway's got this secret where he also doesn't say from right off the bat. 
That's I, something I know you're lying. That's something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. He chose to wait till he was with Su Yin to share that information. And rat her out to the boss. Not so, cool, well, by the way. Well, why doesn't he confront them right there? Yeah. Right then and there when Cora says, nope, this is all of us. Yep. I'm curious. Like, well, Political move, maybe. Maybe it's navigating that space. Maybe it's trying to maintain that relationship. Um. Maybe it's to not call her a liar in that moment and to wait till they are deeper into this compound, into this city to do that. Yeah. I, I, I'm i curious if that was a Su Yin choice or if that was an Ai Wei choice. Yeah. Because it seems like the wrong move to me uh, politically to wait until you're back with Su Yin. Mm-hmm. But, like, it wasn't a very high-stakes lie, apparently, right? Or at least for, for Cora. Right. Um, but it's so there was no, like, what do you mean? Why didn't you say something? Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. That's a really complicated, it's complicated. I, I'm sure it can because it, typically, I would say, we want to hold people accountable in the moment. Yeah. When we can. I would Face like, to face. Yeah. If you lied to me, I want to talk to you about it. I don't love I'm telling this higher person that you did this. Yeah. Um that's that that's the equivalent of like me messing up and a peer worker like ratting me out to my <laughs> like ratting me out to my boss when like, if I messed up, come talk to me about it. Yeah. You didn't say anything to me about it. So well, where's the trust now? And again, part of me also just to be that the to put more context to that, there are situations where that is the right move. If it's a safety issue, or... like there are times when me talking to a coworker is like, this is this is not something I want to deal with. This is not something that is my responsibility to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the boss and make them do it because that's outside my purview, and I don't want I don't want to deal with that. Sure. Um, and there are myriad other reasons too, but I, I think that. And and maybe I was in that space. Maybe he's like, oh, "This is the avatar. I don't want to be the one who confronts the avatar." My boss is going to be the one who confronts. I'm going to make avatar. Su Yin do that, right? Maybe. I, mean, I now we know that he's totally willing to confront the avatar later. We sure do. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe so maybe he's not willing to play that card just yet. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I think your general first impulse was probably right there of like I want to let think make vent uh, make Su Yin think that I'm like under her wing mm-hmm. and I do everything and subservient to her. And it might just be a, a way to continue messaging that. Yeah. Which is a form of dishonesty when you're playing that kind of game um, to like, Hey, I'm going to act a certain way to get you to think a certain way about me. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much dishonesty there is in that versus like, or is that an honest play that we're just uh, biased against because we uh, are biased towards because we like that behavior. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, you, uh, yeah. I want to go back to the, our initial conversation about like the initial lie that took place though uh, in those moments as well, because as I'm still kind of thinking about Lynn and Cora's response, I'm thinking about in our lives when someone says, Hey, I'm not going to tell you why, but I need you to do this thing. I still want to lift up the concept of like, if that is within my value system, and you are asking me to do something or not do something that I feel it is within like what morally and ethically I can get behind. 
I'm cool with that, right? Like, I need you to go pick up a stranger from the airport, but you you don't get to ask questions about anything. Okay, weird request. <laughs> totally within my value system. Like, yeah, sure. I need you to go lie to a foreign diplomat. No, I need more information <laughs> on what I'm doing in those moments, right? Like, yeah. Um, and so I think that that's also part of it too. Is that I think for both, it is fair to say, "Hey, I asked you to do this thing." And I need you to not ask questions about it because I'm not ready to say it. I think it is also fair to sit there and say that is outside of my value system. And I need you to respect that that is a very tough thing for me to do without more context. Well, and I think the difference is it's not outside Cora's value system. Currently, yeah. Right? It That is something well within what we would expect from yeah, Cora. She doesn't love political figures. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want Especially wanted... after dealing with the Earth Queen and President... Uh, Ryko, yeah. Ryko. Uh, last season and and so sure yeah or so, earlier this season i want to go back to the original question that i posed which is how would you like living in a city that there in which there, there, no there are quote no secrets yeah i want privacy right? right like what yeah i want privacy what do we do about that that seems scary yeah and does he have to be around like does he have to be around us or is because i think again there's there's you have to build trust in those uh, to quote, meet the parents, a circle of trust um, that you get to be a part of to, to learn more and deeply about things. So it de- I think it depends. For me, the privacy needs to be there. And then the elements of what people know is what I choose to let them know in those moments, right? Like, because um, there might be things about me that I don't think are wrong, but I'm not willing to share yet, right? Yeah, and then I... I... <sighs> There's an interesting question for me, I guess, coming up around like Fifth Amendment rights, for instance, which is the not implicating yourself. I plead a fifth. And we've seen that abused and misused. And there are also things where like I don't want to answer that question. I think that me answering that question is going to cause problems for not just me but for a lot of other people that have nothing to do with the situation we're talking about i want to be able to irrationally vent to friends yeah right um knowing that i'm being irrational and that this is me processing like emotions and not how i might truly feel about an individual but if i need to irrationally vent for a second i don't need that being known yeah by everyone yeah i i don't think this is a city with no secrets i think that Highway is probably paid and utilized in a way that, like, all government... Zafu's own personal Patriot Act. Yeah, essentially kind of a deal where if you do something wrong, you probably lose your right to privacy, and we can ask you these questions, which is... I just... I wonder... I wonder... Because feels very uh, progressive, more so. I'm sitting here snapping my fingers the whole episode at everything she says. smack-talking the queen and uh, talking about people's ability to live into what makes them passionate and happy and you're like yes. yeah i love that yes keep going Let, yes. <laughs> let's let's make sure everyone's taken care for and safe and then they can do all the things they want to do yeah. to help progress the community around them like absolutely i'm here for it but but yeah. no secrets yeah <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's okay um, um it's a little iffy for me no so there, there's a little bit of an ethical quandary here um but i think we've probably sat with this enough what's a what's another moment of honesty let's you talk about sahir the liar. Yeah. Flat um, out lies. Uh, I don't love 
now oh, he's the villain of this <laughs> of this arc. So yeah, um, but man, taking and abusing uh, a community's welcoming nature, yeah, um, and their trust is really tough to sit with, um, and um, it's really that's, but the way that he engages with um, Milo seems very genuine and kind, and I'm like. That's a nice moment to hear. Don't do that. You know it's fake. Yeah. You know it's fake. It's you just, know it's performance. It's exactly. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't still affect Milo in a positive way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Only as good as his master, making think Milo's a good teacher. Right. Which he is not. No. <laughs> still got to learn some things. Still got to learn some things. Be the leaf. But it is so tough because how often have I uh, unintentionally done that? And I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's been times ben where I've uh, no, broken trust um, for someone who has let me in or mm. um, I think the I difference... hope that I've never done that intentionally. And there have certainly probably been times where I've hurt people unintentionally. Through... I, I think that this is not only intentional, very but intentional. malicious. Yes. Like, <laughs> well, like, and so he's hoping Cora's there. Even then, and then he's, he's hoping, hoping he gets to go to the North Northern Air Temple, and Cora will be there. And, so he, and then he's trying to figure out where Cora is, correct. right? So there's this whole like there is very much malicious motive here, and the fact that he can just lie to their face and get through and do these things is really kind of oof, kind of a big oof. In a place that is already really filled with vulnerability, you have a whole bunch of new airbenders yep. who are in a new place yep. who are bad in, at airbending and struggling. Which is where you'd expect Zaheer to be, but no. He's really good. Yeah, it's unreasonable. I don't know. Again, if you've got 13, <laughs> like 13 years sitting in a prison by yourself, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I... I think this is one of the biggest like plot hole gaps. plot hole gaps for me yeah. in the entire show yeah cora and atla fair enough um but I, I we had a conversation at one point that seemed like oh that's a really great idea but that's still i it's still mm, a gap there's still it's still a gap um, um but this is a very vulnerable space for so many people and so i feel like that even shatters that jar of trust so much more because now it's I thought this was a safe place for me to be vulnerable and for me to try new things. And yeah. it turns out like I may not be physically safe here. Well, and thinking about what that does, not only to the new airbenders who are coming to the air temple, but the family of folks who have let him in the, the family, right? Pema. Pema is now not now she's feeling bad because one, this happened. So like security risk yeah, likely. Right. And I can't believe I almost put these other individuals in harm's way. Which yeah. I would also I would feel a whole lot of shame and guilt around. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's who expects uh right no blame a new for Arabender, right? but to like, come in. I assume there's a whole lot of self blame getting put on there. I put zero blame on her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I bet you there's a whole lot of self blame that goes on to the in the in those moments. Well, and it's and it's the same like ugh, feeling when he goes into you know Tenzin's study. And Iki finds him, and well, only Daddy goes in Daddy's study. That's really what throws Kaya for. And Kali, yeah, Kaya is like, like she's like, this is why are you in something's here? Wrong. Something's wrong. You, you also, you, uh, she's. This is where she connects the dots. Yeah, right. Um, 
So, yeah, I just, I really struggle. I There's no benefit except to Zaheer when you act like that. It's literally everyone else's, um, it's at everyone else's expense. So, I, and we've, uh, years ago we had a conversation that we, we said where dishonesty is not necessarily a bad thing in, in moments, right? Like, especially if it's a... Um, you need to be dishonest for your own safety or yep. anything like that. And so here's a moment where there is a uh, an ends that that Zaheer feels justified in getting to, and so he is willing to lie to get to that. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the idea? Maybe not for Zaheer, but for us, if there is if is, is dishonesty enough of a barrier? Is that something we shouldn't want to crack through just to get to an end goal? Um, I'm not talking about playing like Settlers of Catan, right? I'm well, talking about like in I, life. I think it that brings in the ethics of intention, means, and ends. Tell me more. And you have to have all three of those in your ethical decision making, mm-hmm. right? My what is my intent? My intent is to kill Cora. Oh, yeah, that's not okay. The means I'm going to do it is to lie, so that I can get more information and find out where she is. Mm-hmm. Also not good. Yeah. The end is that Cora dies. <laughs> and the end for him, this the the story that he is sharing is that we are creating a uh oppression free anti government uh where everyone can truly be authentic and genuine, which is like, oh, that's really beautiful when you paint it the way you paint it. Mm-hmm. The problem is the intent and the means are very problematic. Right. And I think when we are talking about it, sometimes ends make it so that the means are worth it. For instance, if I'm going to save someone's life by lying, then the means of lying are worth it to save a life. To me. Yeah. It depends on what your higher priority is. And so it's a setting of priorities. It's a setting of values. Where does your honesty value how does that align with your uh you know whatever abortion right Mm -hmm. i have to lie to get a safe abortion right okay i'm gonna lie because that's (laughs) so it's one of those things like where does the value and where are the priorities in that and i think when we're making that decision we have to think about our intent we have to think about the means by which we will achieve that intent and then the end goal so Sometimes I think it is reasonable to lie. Yep. And necessary. Sometimes. And well within my value system. And it's also important to highlight it is not a clear cut thing, right? Like this, the, a process like that is is very relative to what's happening. But I think you, you kind of said it, it's like the values that are put there are still important, right? The intent is important. We often say like intent's irrelevant when we talk about impact. Yeah. But when we talk about intention, intent is very relevant yeah (laughs) like right so um and there are times where intention again is also super relevant to when we're talking about the ethical moral standing of what we're choosing to do or behave yeah i it's real i I really struggle with because a lot of the reason people like to hear is people are looking like oh my goodness like this end goal that he's painting is kind of kind of great and those are some of the best villains we have right the best amon uh, was the same amon way was same we're, right was like, we're like no non-benders should have equity in the it, way they exactly get to, um, um engage in this society and, and um 
we think of Joker from The Dark Knight, and it's like, yeah, he also doesn't want mob bosses and like systems in place that help allow mob bosses to thrive. Yeah, he's also just more looking for chaos. But like, those are the things where you're like, I can kind of get behind. Yeah, that aspect of things. Well, it's it's problematic too because the villain is a revolutionary, right? We're going to talk about this more like episode nine, I think, when we get Zahir's reasoning behind the Red Lotus. But for now, when like we there is a history of treating revolutionaries as villains. It happened with Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. It happened with so many people well especially when those tropes get played out in media all the time exactly I immediately think back to the falcon winter soldier where you had this group of exactly uh people who are sitting there saying like this is the world we want to live in we want to take care of these people and it seems like in storytelling you don't want enough to question and be like that's actually not a bad idea so you have to sit there and be like oh uh, and we're willing to kill children to do it and you're like oh because like you're yeah. so close to being well like a real a villain of this story, but still one that like allows for questioning. But it, it then yeah. it's always taking it five steps too far to make sure that it's very clear to the people. Like this isn't where we want to be. We want order. Well, and I think it's fair to say that the media of the time like treated Dr. King the same way, right? Oh, uh, this revolutionary was treated as a villain who was several like, cartoons put out about the riots caused by yeah exactly Dr. King and and you know his whole ethic is about. Uh, making sure that our intent and our means align with our end goal. In order to get to beloved community, we have to act as if it is already present. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that we use love and nonviolent struggle rather than violence in order to get there because there is no violence in beloved community for Dr. King. And that was his whole uh, goal was to, that's why he wanted to use nonviolence. So it's one of those things where Zaheer is... Frank, let's if we step away and get meta a little bit, the legend of Korra and other shows that like typify the revolutionary as the villain is only playing into that trope and making it so that when people actually do rise up in the United States and even in ways that are ethical and meet like exactly match the the end goal. They are aligned and painted as these characters from T V shows yep. that are so often present. Correct. So that's that's tough. That's really tough to grapple with yikes and so that's where media literacy media literacy comes in right is understanding what's the intent i like that what's the end goal i like that what's the means don't love that so what are the means that we do love to accomplish those things right and how do we engage yeah. with that yeah and this is when kaya does some real hot bending yeah like more of the arms, more of like the creating notch. arms of uh that slam into the koi pond. Yeah. Like, oh. oh. Kaya's got well, moves. And she goes straight up water avatar on uh she gets like her own like water cage and does all like there's a lot of things that Kaya does that like, oh dang, she's like a very talented waterbender. Um I'm here for it. I will also say this is another fight that I'm annoyed with. I love it. It's a beautiful fight. And she, she should not have been taken she out. She so should easily. absolutely have taken Zaheer down. She's been f- sparring with Tenzin her whole life. Yeah. Who is like, I'm just, I'm just saying. So let's arguably say 40 years. Of, yeah. Of fighting. So I, I'm just saying. I, the only like thing that I can think of here is that she's just surprised by how good he is. Yeah. Maybe. Underestimated sure. him, perhaps. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable reason. Yeah. But back to honesty. 
Yeah, back to honesty. <laughs> um, and let's talk a little bit about uh, Sister Sister, right? Lin and Su Yen. Lin and Su Yen. Um, and let's talk a little bit about how the way that we perceive past events, the way that we perceive um, the behaviors of others, how that plays into honesty and how that looks like for us. Yeah, I, I this the first thing I thought of when you said that was whoever holds the problem owns the problem. Yes. And Lynn has been holding on to this problem for An 30 long years. Time. Yeah. Right? If not longer, but I think that's a number that was thrown out in the they episode. They said 30 years. Yeah, 30 yeah. years. So Lynn has been holding on to this problem and we Su Yin says, "I've tried. I've tried to reach out." And Lynn says, "No, thank you." Um so let's let's pause there for a second okay. because I think that's a perfect place to be like, what when you reached out, what did that look like, mm-hmm. right? Fair. Because I think that that's always a common one. Like, ah, oh, I tried. Well, if when you tried, you said, hey, you're being a real jerk. Come back here so we can talk about this. Well, that's not really trying. <laughs> that's not really like. I tried. I, 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 I tried to mend the bridge, right? You yeah. Know how often? That's fair. I That makes me think of so many times where uh, parents and children have those like tarnished relationships. And I you, I feel like I always hear a parent say, I've done Well, my, I've done everything, everything. I could. <laughs> and the reality is, uh, Did you yeah, try when I walked through the door, this? it felt like being gaslit for 45 minutes. So I left, right? So yeah. um, I think that's in, that is a, a moment of Lynn is being honest. When it comes to her perception of what has happened, or uh, Su Yin is being honest based off her perception, yeah, Lin might very much say, "No, no, no, that was not trying, right? That was, yeah, that was a, an attack." That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, I was not thinking about that, and I think that's a really good point because I was very much because the way Lin is painted in this episode, well, and we would believe that you would very much believe Well, because the way that Opal comes in. Yeah. If, the, oh. if we assume that Su Yin approached the exact same way. And let's be clear. The way Opal approached beautiful. was beautiful, was incredible. I don't know if I love Cora. Like um, it feels like Cora is bringing her into a lion's cage in that moment. Absolutely. That was, that was not a Lin. safe, place to do that yeah agreed um, i think those that's a moment where you sit there and you say lynn i chat with opal and she's given me permission to tell you this she would really love to talk to you when you're ready and so she's waiting outside yep if you would like i can either send her away or you can have her in like that is a that would have been a much better way yep to set the stage for that engagement 100 percent agree then by the way Opal's here, and well, and it was—it's almost like a, a a ploy, a trick, almost. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I bet Lynn's gonna soften up if I do this. She won't have she. There's no way she'll say no to Opal. Yeah, is Opal was Opal a tool at being in, used and by Cora in that moment? I wonder if she was. Right, which is a total bummer, because I mean, again, again, it's not very honest. Because what is, what is the intent of the way that you're engaging in that situation? Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if Cora set Opal up and said, "Hey, this is what we're." I, I I feel like Lynn is struggling. I would love for you to talk to her. I think you could probably get through to her. My, yeah, I bet you there's probably a couple. I bet you if I'm giving the most generous assumption, Cora sitting and says, "I'll get Opal to get to meet her aunt. That'll be cool, and we'll fix their relationship with her mom. That'll be cool." Yeah. Um. 
with the ultimate goal being like, let's get Lynn out of her funk and not let's reconnect Opal with her aunt. And I think that matters. Like, I think that that's a, those are different intentions. Yeah. I, yeah, there, I, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I think to take the takeaway here is use Opal's language whenever you want to go into a hard conversation. Cause that was awesome. Other takeaway. A lot of me statements, a lot of I feel statements. Yep. No attacking whatsoever. Just a lot of, hey, I, I've heard wonderful things about you, and I want to get to know you yep. better. It was, it was beautiful. And so I'm wondering what the trigger phrase was that made Lynn turn so quickly. Oh, I don't think it was. Or if it was just a, the whole thing. I, I, don't, I think it was the, the shame of yep. I'm not a good aunt. Yep. And so, or aunt. Um, I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. And I think... My, my the next takeaway from so one be opal two don't lure people in or uh don't if you're cora lure opal into a conversation she does not prepared for yeah. or the other side of it don't blindside someone with a conversation they're not ready for correct right both of which are can be a Tool, form of dishonesty. Tools of dishonesty. Right? Yeah. And it all depends on the conversation that Cora had that we didn't see with Opal mm-hmm. on the way from talking to Bolin to going to Lynn's room. Well, then you know what you don't do. And this is, I think this is a moment where I hear this phrase so often. And it is one of my least favorite phrases that people will say to defend um, unkind behavior. I'm so excited. I'm just being honest. No! Right? No! Because after Cora says those words, and we've, we've heard people say something similar before, those words were cruel. You're talking about the last words the of last the show. The last words she said. The, well, the ones where she said, you're, a you're bitter, always going to yep. be a bitter, lonely woman. Yeah. Now, one, we don't know if that's true. <laughs> like, factually, we just don't know. So you can't tell me I'm just being honest, right? Um, but we've seen reactions similar to that of people before where it's... Well, people lash out. People yeah, are mad. People out. are angry. And then they're like, I'm just... I was telling the truth, and yep. I'm just trying to help them be better. And you're like, no, because you can be honest and unkind at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you can be brutal. Um, Brutally so, honest. The question is always worth, am I being compassionate with the way that I'm speaking this truth right now? Yeah. Um, and so you can state your feelings, and you can say that you're hurt, but when we lash out like that, we are doing a disservice to that relationship. Yeah. And that the same argument is made for like authenticity. Well, that's just my authentic self. I'm just being myself. I'm, I'm just myself being me. Is someone who's just unkind and, and snarky to people. So that's just me being me. Do better. <laughs> like, be better. Well, and that's because I think there's a, and I think that's a, and, and when we're talking about being honest with ourselves, I think that matters. There is something about being authentic and being able to show up into a space as your authentic self. Yep. If your authentic self truly is someone who is unkind that causes harm, you should change that. Yeah. And make it not and, – and you can do that. Like you should that also – And you can still be authentic. Want to change that. <laughs> right? You should still – you can still be authentic and get to be the things that make you unique and be kind to people. Right? That is not a – that is not a, a – a, deciding cornerstone of your personhood well to to me i i think this this will pertain to honesty in the same way i i think when we choose to live into our most authentic selves 
I think the question is, am I being honest with myself, right? If I do, is this, am I being honest to who I want to be? That's right. And I think that's the question, right? That's it. Am I being the person that I want to be in these moments? Yeah. And because you can be, you can set boundaries, you can be stern, you can do all of these things while still being compassionate and treating people with love. The, that doesn't mean you don't let people walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you let people be unkind to you, but you do not have to then do that back. The problem is if we perceive our personality, our selfhood, who we are as stagnant and unchangeable, then who we are cannot change, right? If we don't see ourselves as something that is fluid and we see ourselves as uh, a stubborn rock that can't be bent, <laughs> uh, what happens is we're going to act that way. And we're not going to give ourselves permission to live into something better or live into the potential of what could be. And so I think part of addressing the honesty of who we are is reckoning with who we are at this moment, de deciding and arriving at who we want to become and realizing there's a way to get there. I think that as soon as we believe that people are stagnant and cannot change, we are going to really have a, a bad time and we're going to suffer. This conversation made me think of a quote from the finale of Miss Marvel. So spoilers ahead in three. It's so two, good. One, the quote um, that the Sheik says to the boys as they're leaving hiding, just because someone treats you as their enemy, as you, their enemy doesn't give you the right to treat them as yours. And I love that moment. Yeah, um, it's a great moment. And I think that that speaks to kind of like, we can be compassionate and set boundaries and do those things and want to be the person that we want to be mm -hmm. without resorting to those types of language barriers of you're just a bitter old woman and you'll always be yeah. that way. Um, so those were some daggers. I mean, it was a dagger. We see Lynn start crying. Like Lynn yes, yes. is crying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's, it's clearly, there's, there's clearly emotion here that is, uh, it's not just, you know, bitter, angry, we've now tapped into like, oh, th there's hurt here, right? That was like, mm -hmm. I, you know, <laughs> duh. But for to the, <laughs> the first time viewer, you're just like, she's just angry out the wazoo. Um, yeah, so I think, I think the big takeaway is what we're kind of hitting af off of this is that perception, that first draft that you're telling yourself, you might not be being honest with yourself as, as what's actually happening. And so rewriting that, reprocessing that doesn't mean that the first draft wasn't correct, but taking time to be aware of this truth that I am perceiving, is that actually what's happening and how do I yeah. move forward? Well, and I think the other thing that I was saying before that quote is that if you don't believe people can change, then you're going to believe that your authentic self is angry and bitter and honest and brutally honest yep. if that's the way you've acted previously which you might not be honest with yourself if that's the way that you're moving through. and what we see is lynn who is living in the past uh and holding on to these past hurts thinking that people don't change and su yin who is the opposite side of that coin saying people change i have a pirate 
that's now a brilliant chef. I have these people that are now dancers. I had like people change and to Lynn, people don't change. And I, I think that if we, again, who we are and how we act and the honest portrayal of self depends on the image of ourselves and the image of people. And so I wonder where that comes from, right? Does that come from uh, their professions? Do their mindsets come from their professions and doing those professions for long times and the systems they've surrounded themselves with? Um, does it come from the trauma experience, right? So a lot of it is what I'm arguing is it's a nurtured, right? Those those feelings yeah. are very much nurtured by the what we surround ourselves with and who is around us, whether we choose them to be or not, right? So yeah. that's going to have an effect. Any other big moments of honesty we want to lift up uh, before moving yeah. forward? I, I want to talk about Bolin. Um, there's a few moments well, that, with Bolin. That's a banana, right? That's yeah. Well, that's, that's one a, of them. That's like, a banana. Well, it's I, it, because you know, oh, a banana, and then what is it? Huan um, is mm-hmm. of course not. It's representing harmonic convergence, duh. And Bolin is like, I, to- uh, yeah, yes, I totally, totally see, see that. And then clearly, Demac, oh, as he's walking away, is like, that, that's a banana, right? No, right? Seriously, see, like, everybody's thinking that, right? Sometimes I think it's just we do that to like confirm that we're not out of it or that we're well, no someone else sees that that's just a banana correct <laughs> right well for in that's a moment of dishonesty right where he's like yeah. i'm gonna tell you what you want to hear because this is clearly an uncomfortable situation for me right um the way that uh that was set up was like you are clearly judging hard so i am going to lie to you and tell you you're right and I think that tells me that when I come across as super judgy, fear, I'm fear of conflict, putting people in a yeah. position to lie. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that's reminding me that, huh, I didn't see it as a banana before. I, I, I think it means a lot more than that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm to me, this is what I, yeah, I meant. It's a very different reaction. Yeah. But uh, currently reading or just finished reading the five dysfunctions of a team and one so, of those. It is great. Uh, Patrick Lincioni. So easy. It's such an easy read, too. Great author, Very right? simple. Uh, very st- story-esque uh, hypotheticals that yep. play into a really nice takeaways, right? So yep. I like uh, the ideal team player is another one from him that I think is if you're Also the advantage. Yep. Also, there's, there's some, he's written several. There's some good ones. Um, but a part of that is this um, fear of conflict being the yeah. absence of trust. Those are the two bottom bases of his pyramid of the five dysfunctions of a team. Yep. And what happens on teams that we will work on or even in familial spaces or with friends is if there is a absence of trust that you will respond kindly to criticism. And if there's that creates a fear of conflict, then we're going to lie to avoid conflict yeah, and then and we are not going to be successful in whatever we are trying to do because we're living in this artificial harmony. Correct, right? Which is not—it's not real. It's artificial, um, and so—and that's what has been crafted by Bolin. Correct, and this, this moment, moment exactly right. This artificial harmony. Oh, we're totally fine. I totally vibe. That's a banana. <laughs> Correct. Um, uh, and how often do we totally do that? And then we get to decide, like, no, I don't need this to be a team. This is a stranger in the cafe that is. Yep acting weird and so i don't need to be in a team with them so if artificial harmony gets me out of this safely i will do just that right versus 
no, this is a group of people I trust, and we are have a common goal together. There should be conflict there. And yeah. We should, and we should live in it because conflict's a nice little place where we grow and learn and find solutions, and conflict's lovely. Yeah. Bolin's makes me nervous in this episode too this whole scene with mako in the bathroom is really like gives me the creeps a little bit talking about his like love life and well it's you know mako's like so like opal i, I mean she seems to be enjoying vibing you, you yeah. at, at dinner and bolin's like yeah but ugh, i'm not into her and then he proceeds to be like ah, i guess i could be into her and it just feels really uh like a not healthy form of like maleness <laughs> <That's>... right, <laughs> does that make sense because well, i think there's two versions of this that could happen and i don't think this takes place in this version so i think there's two yeah there's the one the the macho masculine like oh i'm too good and masculinity and her oh no if she likes me then like maybe i'll give it a try versus like no i don't want to do that and then being told no that's stupid you should treat people kindly and you yeah. should give her a chance the latter is not what happened, right? No, so yeah, um, it just felt a, a little, there. a little slimy to me. It does. Well, and then um, the way he shows up to her, which is the next form of dishonesty that I wanted yep, to talk about. Not he's not living authentically into what exactly he wants, what, right the things that make Bolin and better. I think that there are people that might argue that no, Bolin's being super authentic. This is definitely within Bolin character, and when you see him make that shift, when he says, "Oh, I just, I can just be me." So he clearly has a yeah, well, what, different we, idea. What we see is Opal does not have a fear of conflict. And we love that. And we love This is that. another reason we love Opal. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Opal this episode. Opal is a shining star. Because <laughs> um, we love that moment of, I don't like you when you do this. Thank you. Whoa. Yes, love, yes girl. Yes, queen. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... Bolin is showing us what it looks like to be dishonest and yeah. with, with who we are and how we present. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, and it's not what he says that is dishonest. It is the way he shows up is dishonest. And I think that is a key thing to be paying attention to. Yeah. So how do you change this into the conversation around being on for work or being on for, uh, I'm volunteering for, I'm volunteering for this thing. I forgot that I volunteered for it, but I should probably show up in a positive way. Yep. So I'm going to put on this mask of me being on. Is that a good form of dishonesty? Is that a bad form of dishonesty? Again, because I think that to me, that plays into the same like intent means end, right? Like, or is that the person I want to be? I want to show up this way, so I'm going to fake it till I make it. Yeah. And. This is complicated for me yeah. because there are situations where I think asking people to put on a face is asking too much. Yes. And uh, there are also times where I think that we, yes, you, you volunteered to be here. This is an expectation. You either need to leave or you need to show up and be more positive or be X, Y, or Z. For instance, if you're working with children and you are an angry pants person right now you either need to figure out how to check that or you need to not be here it's one of it's a conversation i have a staff all the time who work with children is like i want you if you are having a tough day i want you to feel comfortable in coming in and being like i'm having a tough day and it's also not just kids 
but you don't need to vent to your children or take it out on your children when you're having a tough day. And so let's find the solution that works that also allows us to create a welcoming place for the kids that we're serving, right? So yeah. how do we do both? And, and here's an extreme, right? I, we used to work at summer camp, and there was a time where a counselor passed away during the summer. It was like a very close-knit staff, and the counselors were expected to show up the next day and work and like be normal and be smiling at kids and not acknowledge the fact that like, like they didn't share with the kids because they didn't want to share with the kids. Right. And this was, you know, you know, 20 years ago. So it's yeah. one of those things where that's a really complicated situation where you can't shut down camp when this magical wonderful this, experience that allows it's, kids to grow and become it's the equivalent of like a disneyland experience for it, a week it can be for right? sure yeah. um and so that's one of those things where i really think that's a really problematic situation where staff need to be able to process that mm -hmm. that their friend that they were very close with is now gone mm -hmm. what the the campers are have no idea why all the counselors are crying like there, there's just a whole lot of problems there. And yep. that's, so moral of the story is I think it's unreasonable sometimes yeah. to ask people to fix your face. Yeah. And there are other times when I think it's perfectly reasonable to ask. Yeah. Cause how does that play back into the conversation we had earlier, which is, well, this is my authentic self. And it's like, well, <laughs> well, and I think it's a matter of boundaries too. And what, how have you set yourself up for that? Because if you're an employer and your employee is having a tough day, you need to have a better system that, one, is going to support them. Correct. Right? How Correct. do I support this employee to make sure that they are doing okay? Mm -hmm. But also, if not they can't... Not for work productivity, but because we care about Because that. we care about people. Correct. Right? Yep. Because we care about the people that work for us. But also... If they can't be there, you need to have a system in place that's ready to step in and support the work that needs to get done, right? And so you, as an as a business, as an organization, should not break if one link is done. There should be correct. There should be other structures in place that make it so that we can we can we can move on. We can support our we staff, can support and staff. we can continue to do what the work yeah, that needs to exactly. Get done. Right? Me not being there should not make everything crumble. Correct. Which is not the case. That's so, so many places. At a lot of yep. places. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think we were going to talk about that with honesty. I think that's important, though. I think the way we show up is very much plays into honesty. And, and, and so. Yeah. The last Bolin, thing for me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, and Bolin doesn't do that with Opal. And we are happy that she calls him out for it. Here, here. Yep. Continue. My last thing also involves Bolin and Opal, and this is at dinner. You know, they're, Opal's like, yeah, I've never had a bad meal in my life. And Bolin's like, yeah, I used to eat garbage. <laughs> and, and Opal's... And it's yet somehow endearing. Yeah. Right? And, and Opal's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Which I think is a... Like, oh, this might... That might have been like a shaming comment. I had no idea you've been through that. I'm so sorry. I'm telling you about all, all, all the riches I've been enduring my whole right. life. I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, it's totally fine. And so I my question is... There are times when we can share things about our lives that are perfectly true that 
how do we discern when it is an appropriate share? Not just for others, but for ourselves. Right. Um, and so this is a very cavalier sharing of something that is really, really not okay, right? The fact that Bolin was living on the streets, was eating garbage, mm -hmm. that is tragic. That is not okay. And Bolin is treating it as though it is not that bad. And when to him, it might not be, because it might just be the way that he grew up. Yeah, right? well, and that's true, but it's one of those things where, like, I'm curious. I, I'm curious. I don't know, because this is, I I think that's a, the, the, the term that came to my mind was floodlighting, right? Right, Which you turn is, on those floodlights, it's just a massive blast of light. It is blinding. It's like a deer and in so headlights. And so we do that emotionally, right? And, it's and when I just emotionally dump, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm frozen because I don't know how to respond. Well, and that's what happened to Opal, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Opal was a deer in the headlights in that moment. And she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> and so that to me was like, oh, that's a a signal to me that like, oh, maybe that's not information I share that cavalierly or with such a blasé attitude. So I, I guess that's a, a flag for me if I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it all feels relative, right? Because what if Bolin is, is looking for friends and peers that that doesn't floodlight, but that's not, that might be an unreasonable ask, right? So it's, there's a lot of give and take, I think, in those situations. And I think for, for what it is, is I just always approach it with curiosity, maybe. But you're just kind of like, do you want to tell me more about that? <laughs> or yeah. is that something you want to go into? Because it very much, I think he is being authentic at that moment. Like, no, it's fine. I'm doing great now. Like, things are good. So. Well, I, I wonder how Bolin would react if someone told him, hey, like, Bolin, that, that is a big deal. And I want to kind of validate the fact that that you was a went, that was a big deal. That. Yeah, like I, there are so many instances. I, I follow a lot of therapy things. Um, yeah, all and the all the therapy. There are TikToks. so many things where therapists will say, you know, my client has been saying this, saying this, and I finally asked, like, you do know that that's a big deal, right? And they're like, what? And so, people are genuinely surprised sometimes, and they didn't know they needed to hear it until they did. Um, and I'm not saying Bolin needs to hear that, but I do wonder what would happen if someone said, Bolin, that you didn't That's deserve that. Yeah. Right. So I, I just wonder, that's my thought. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I and don't I, know if I have an answer for that. Well, I think it's a, a question for those of us, whenever we feel flood lit to one question, why that information was shared and not necessarily in that moment, but to be asking yourself, okay, why was that information? Why did that I, why am I so blindsided by that information? Why was that information shared? And then what is an appropriate response, right? And right. I think taking the time to think after you get into that state is perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. Better to be honest than to, you know, kind of hide in the discomfort of yeah. not knowing what to say. Say I don't be willing know, to get uncomfortable. I don't know what to say to that. I that sounds like a lot. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 my thoughts. A great question for us to to ponder with as we move to a break. We will be back with more bending, not breaking Honesty. in just a second.
Uh, before we jump into our tweet and law devotion and gratitude, just a reminder, please, uh, if you are loving the episodes that you are listening to, um, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all our social medias at BNB underscore pod. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the places. Um, and you can also find us on Patreon at BNB underscore pod. Join and us for live episodes. Yeah, we have live episodes every month. We have a lot of other cool tiers where we do personalized episodes and things along those lines as well. But one thing I do want to say is we would love to get to a point where we can pay our producer at least a living wage. And that means we need to get a little bit more patrons. So if you have been on the fence, but you support people getting a living wage, this maybe this is the impetus for you to... Uh, to chip in and help that happen. A lot happen. of help volunteer work happening in the B&B <laughs> studios. <laughs> Yikes. Um, um, but thank you all. And then also, if you want to give your thoughts on episodes, feel free to leave us a little voice memo at thearcovy at gmail.com. We love those. Or just write us a little email and, and let us know your thoughts on the show. We might read them on an episode in the future. This is absolutely correct. This all is right. true. Tweet in law. What is pushing us and pulling us away from this episode? Pushing us away, pulling us in. I will start with the thing that is pushing me away. Yeah, I said it briefly earlier, but I really don't love the fact that Milo and Iki are put in a position to teach all of the new airbenders that come in. I think that they are not given the tools to be successful. So they were not set up for success, and I'm worried about that whole process that's my push yeah i don't love that lynn popped Nal- uh naga's ball i thought that was a jerk move <laughs> who real... does that, who does that? <laughs> who does that i wrote that down i can't believe we didn't talk about that who does that <laughs> oh my goodness i can't believe i forgot to mention that like what monster like pops their dog's ball like oh god ugh Man, that polar bear dog is living their best life, and you just ruined it. <laughs> you ruined it, God! You joy killer. Gosh. Uh, okay, that I got my rant out. Dang. I'm just expressing my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Find a better way. Wow. Wow. And um, what pulled you in? Oh, uh, what pulled me in in this episode? Um, that's a great question because I had it. Now I don't have it. What pulled you in? I loved this fight between mm. Kaya and mm-hmm. Zahir. I I like it every time I watch it. We watched it twice just before we started recording, and I was here for it both times, and it didn't get old. And it was just – there's something really cool about watching a master waterbender get after it. I was just really impressed with Kaya. I'm loving the amount of women that were in this episode. Here, here. Yeah, that yes. I think that pulled me in. I think that the there's a lot of great characters that are that are now arriving, um, and that we're getting to see more of. And I think that that's I'm here for that. Yeah, I'm here for that. I'm a big fan. I like I like women. No, here, here. So that's especially women in power, right? Women yeah. in positions of of power. It's nice to see a society with a matriarchy as opposed to yeah. a matriarchy. For once. For once. <laughs> and this one show. I guess we do, because of the Earth Queen too, right? Yeah, so yeah, Cora just one. did really well. Yeah, she sucks, but you know, Cora as a, as a series did a really good job and still could have done even better. Yeah. But this is an episode where it's really showing, so I appreciate that. Let's jump into our devotion. Devotion. Through the element of devotion. fire. We're talking about honesty. 
We are. So what you got? Yeah, I felt like Cora pulled an Ozai and put a scar on Lynn's face uh, with all of the fiery honesty that she had mm. in that moment. Yeah. Um, so don't do that. Don't that be Ozai. Don't, yeah, don't, don't be fire don't Ozai. Don't do that. Um, do not burn people alive, right? Like, that is rude and inconsiderate. Yeah. Um, and I think that... Yes, yeah, some would say if you are going to physically burn someone, <laughs> that it is quite rude. But I would... Like, words hurt. Like, yes. people used to say that sticks, sticks and stones will break my bones. But words, words hurt people. And data proves that. And there is the data so actually much, has yeah. an effect on your brain. Words, words actually hurt. And often, it is more lasting than the physical hurt. Correct. Right? And so I think that it's really important for me to highlight that just because that emotional uh that sorry that physical fire left a scar on zuko doesn't mean that those words aren't going to leave an emotional scar that lynn's going to be holding for a long time right and so i don't want to diminish the capacity of of our words and what they can do and our brutal honesty so when i when i think about fire i want to make sure that when I'm using my my honesty and I'm using that fire, I want to use it in a way that I'm, I might light a fire under somebody's butt, but I'm not going to do it to where they're going to get hurt. Right. Right. I don't, I don't, I want to use it to motivate. I want to use it to uh, tell the truth. I want it to, to, to serve and be, it's a tool that needs to get used. Um, but I really want to be careful with it and make sure I don't burn anybody. So, moral of the story is, if I am in a place where I am uh, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, I want to make sure that I am being extra cautious and filtering my, quote, honesty and making sure that it's not um, coming from a place of pain. Yeah. So that it doesn't cause pain. Love that. What a good goal for us all. Yeah, everybody yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, I really enjoyed our the the concept of intent, means, ends, and how they combine and how we get those together. Yeah, when we're when, when we act, um, and and do those align the way that we need them to, and do they justify everything involved? And so I think for me, that's like getting the things together for a fire when I want to start building it, like. I know I need the kindling, and I know I need the oxygen, and I know I need a, a spark or a flame. And so getting those things together, I think, before I act is the same concept of am I thinking through things before I'm doing them. Mm. Um, and so when, when we're making decisions, um, am, I, am I going through that process? And I think that's important. Fire! Yep, that's my fire. Gratitude. Great. Great. I love gratitude. it. Gratitude, gratitude. I had several characters that I was grateful for. I was like, how do I pick? Well, I'm starting with Pema. Pema's a great choice. This has been forced onto her to to then have to like take care of all of these people. She's only there because of Milo and Iki. <laughs> like just to supervise them. Yeah. yeah. Like Um, but this is this is her space and the willingness to allow people to be a part of that it's a whole lot and so I'm, I'm just super grateful for her because i'm grateful for the people in my life who've been willing to take me in in those moments and so um so yeah yeah i'm here for it that's that's mine yours i'm here for pima she's wonderful 
Uh, I am going to be grateful for Opal. Um, we've, you know, I don't want to, you know, repeat and be redundant with everything I've said already, but she's incredible. She does everything Great right. New character. Great new character. I just, I, she has beautiful boundaries. She is funny. She says no to Bolin and like, but isn't like thrown off and is malleable and willing to change and be like, Hey, no, I, I set this boundary. The fact that, and then like, cause I doubled down in those moments and like, Nope, you mm-mm, we're done. Nope. And, and like, but she is very like, no, I, I'm going to set this boundary. And once, if you stick to that, then we're going to be fine. And sometimes that just lasts longer for me. And I just admire that in Opal. I love the fact that she just is super great at dinner. She's very charming. I think that she is a gifted airbender and is really nice to Cora. There's just, I could go on and on and on. Opal's the best. My new favorite character. Maybe. She's great. Can't wait to see more of her. Here, here. This has been an episode of Bending Not Breaking. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. Again, yeah. follow us on all the social medias. Uh, write us a review if you feel so inclined. Yeah, Join our Patreon. Do that. Send us an email. All those things. We would love to have you do be all a those part things. of this show. Um, again, I am Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm in Brooke. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.